The excitement of West Virginia high school football featuring the Martinsburg Bulldogs is right around the corner. Makes the grab at the 25, stays inbounds to the 20, 10, 5, and into the end zone for the Martinsburg Bulldog touchdown. Excellent throw and catch for the Bulldog score. Yeah, there's just blown coverage there because Clement was wide open down the sideline. The 2-0 Martinsburg Bulldogs take on the 0-2 Sharanda Warriors Friday at 7 p.m. with pregame at 6 p.m. following the sports mix at 5 p.m. Right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. It's NCAA Division II football on TV10 as the Shepherd University Rams travel to Erie, Pennsylvania to take on the Gannon Golden Knights. Third down here, third and four. Straight drop back for Bajan. He now rolls out to the right, looking deep down the sideline. A wide open Ryan Beach, and he'll walk in for six. Touchdown, Rams. Join us Saturday, September 11th for the matchup between the Rams and the Golden Knights. The pregame show begins at 11.30 a.m. with kickoff scheduled for noon right here on TV10, the WRNR YouTube channel. Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Colin McLaughlin, this is literally the sports doctor, guys. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into this Wednesday show. We're halfway through the week, even though we're not halfway through the week yet. We had a short week. Uh, Spencer Dupuy joined by Nick Verzellini and the sports doctor Colin McLaughlin. Before we get into a volleyball recap, this show is sponsored in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. And good afternoon, Nick. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. That's good to hear. Uh, How about Colin, you? I'm doing pretty good. We got we got some technical stuff working for the, our game broadcast. Knock on wood. Um, that's looking up. That's good. Yeah, that's what uh, we've been working on for the uh, majority of the late morning. Here is uh, trying to get our new equipment set up, making sure it's all functional, so that we can uh, bring you a full broadcast as best as possible for uh, our sports this week. Yep, and that that is the voice of Colin McLaughlin, the sports doctor. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm happy to be back after a uh, volleyball match last night, our first one of the year. Now that cue is for Nick to play. I think I got to pull it up. Hit play, Nick. It's serve. Going right down. Ace. Game, set, match. Hedgesville wins 25-21 in set four. They win three sets to one. They go to two and one overall. One and oh in the EPAC. Spring Mills loses this one. They fall now to 0 and 2. 0 and 2 in the EPAC as well. Again, the final score in that one. All right. Well, that was the final call from last night's volleyball game. On, that was on our TV 10 airwaves last night. That was called by Colin McLaughlin and Jim Klein. And that was a pretty good game for Hedgesville. Yeah, it was they, definitely they uh, starting off slow. They lost that first set to Spring Mills, uh, 25-18. So coming out there at home for Spring Mills, you thought, all right, maybe they'll have this one and we'll see what happened uh last year in the regular season in which uh spring mills got the 2-0 and regular season sweep last year but then after that first set hedgesville got somewhat of a rhythm down was able to minimize its uh errors as best as possible and took the next three sets to come out victorious against spring mills it wasn't the best play but it's still early in the season for both teams which always stinks only having two games under your belt and then having to already go into sectional play because your team still needs to figure some things out and you could clearly tell that for Hedgesville and Spring Mills they still needed to do some of that but nonetheless last night definitely a fun EPAC matchup that we had and Hedgesville came away on the road with that three to one series win. How was it to get back on the headset for some EPAC volleyball? I know that's one of your one of your favorite parts about working for the station is being able to call volleyball and that being your your kind of sport. Yeah, it felt great just to finally get it done and just how much of a change it was compared to last year having uh, more people inside of the gym 
cheering on the teams as best as possible because last year due to covid all there were were families so it still was a large crowd because you had freshman jv and varsity teams in there with their families but just to see friends being allowed in uh we had a soccer game going on and after those games ended the soccer teams came in to cheer on and so hopefully throughout the year and especially when it gets to playoff time this uh gymnasiums get even more packed and more rowdy and especially when basketball season comes it's going to be even more fun but definitely a fun one last night between those two teams and something that hopefully we get to see uh tomorrow night as well yeah you you, uh you mentioned tomorrow night that will be berkeley springs your alma mater at martinsburg uh martinsburg got the three to one victory over jefferson last night that was coach nelson's first varsity win as a head coach what are you looking forward to in that game tomorrow let's just preview it real fast just want to see how martinsburg's doing because we still know in the epac at least for berkeley county it seems like it's going to be musselman being the team to beat but yet hedgesville spring mills still looked really good last night and as uh, Jim says all the time in EPAC play, any team can win on any given night. If somebody's slacking, the other team's going to take advantage of that. So you always have to bring your A game when those two teams match up. And this will be the first time this year, as you said, we'll see Coach Nelson at the uh, helm of Martinsburg coming off a win. Berkeley Springs coming off a win as well. They defeated uh, Petersburg yesterday 3-1. to one. So both teams coming in, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, match up against each other. As we look forward to the rest of our TV10 volleyball schedule, next Tuesday, Spring Mills is at Martinsburg. That'll be a Colin, the sports doctor, and a Nikki V special. Nick Verzellini will be on color for that one. Um, it'll be uh, great to get to see your. You'll see two teams that you saw last, this this week, next week as well. Yes, it definitely would. Always uh, is fun getting to see what changes they make and how effective it is and just going into the season just getting that rhythm trying to fix the errors because there were a decent amount if you uh tuned in yesterday one thing that um jim was definitely talking about was that both teams needed better passing better first touches just trying to get transition offense and then being able to get back with the defense so that those free ball opportunities that you can capitalize on to get the points and the next Thursday, you'll be out as well as Jim. Um, and it'll be Nick and I calling Hedgesville at Martinsburg. Nick, you looking forward to that? You were at the game last night to doing running camera for the JV game. Yeah, I mean, I think Hedgesville looks like a really good team this year based on what I saw. Uh, for the most, mostly just stuck around for the JV game, but I uh, watched a little bit of the varsity as well. So, you know, it looked like they got a pretty good squad this year. And I don't know much about martinsburg but we'll see them here in a few days so kind of get a look at their squad as well i mean it seems like overall based on what we're hearing and what we've seen you know it should be a really competitive high school volleyball season and then to wrap up september the tuesday the 21st martinsburg is at musselman colin and jim will have the call for that one and then that thursday the 23rd we'll take a break from volleyball and we'll broad you guys will broadcast boys soccer hampshire at musselman and then thursday the 28th of september washington's at martinsburg for volleyball and then the 30th of september it'll be girls soccer hampshire at martinsburg so we got some different sports that'll be on tv 10 over the next month yeah i'm definitely excited to try soccer because growing up whenever i was a kid from basically preschool all the way up to uh my junior year of high school that's what sport i played and it was always interesting coming to the uh triple a schools trying to knock them off so it'll be fun trying to go to muscle i had some uh great memories just being there always in the summer playing tournaments there so pretty familiar with their uh setup and that team's always a physical one i remember hampshire being physical as well so it should be a great time when uh we get to see those two play and obviously as we always say and we'll continue to say because it's true epac volleyball is the best in the state whenever we're on make sure to watch it's typically a top 10 matchup every time all right well thanks colin if you want to stick around you can stick around if not i i can understand why you'd want to go home and maybe take a nap i think uh mike still needs me some more to 
make sure that we're all set up for tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. All right, cool. Well, thanks for coming on, Colin. We'll talk to you probably on Friday, too, about Thursday's game. This segment was sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, and they'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. That's HagerstownFord.com. We'll be back after this, and we'll talk some high school football. We'll talk with Matt Faircloth of Hedgesville and Josh Sims of Spring Mills. That's next on the Sports Mix. This is Eric from Hagerstown Ford. I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. Hi, my name's Corey, and I'm here at Orsini's in beautiful Martinsburg, West Virginia. We no longer specialize in only appliances. We have kitchen design, countertops, cabinets, flooring, and even a new 1,200-square-foot sleep studio with brands such as Stearns & Foster, Sealy, and Tempur-Pedic. 304-267-7251, 360 Heck Wilson Way in Martinsburg. We price match the big box stores, and we give back to our local community. Orsini's.com. The Mountaineers are climbing. And the final seconds coming off of the clock here at the 62nd Liberty Bowl. And the best is yet to come. They got him again. There goes Lenny Brown. He's going to score six. This Saturday, WVU hosts Long Island. Our coverage begins at 1.30 on your home for Mountaineer football. Right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM and AM 740. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back into this Wednesday September 8th edition of the Sports Mix. Spencer Dupuy joined alongside Nick Verzellini. This segment sponsored in part by Orsini's, not just an appliance store anymore, cabinets, designer bedding, outdoor living, family owned and operated, 360 Hack Wilson Way, Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com. If you're watching on TV 10, you can see my new trusty Yeti that I picked up there a couple weekends ago. Great staff. They're great, great people. Support local business. Support our sponsors. Just great people down at Orsini's at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Now we'll get into uh, some high school football. We're going to do – this will be kind of how we catch up with the coaches every week just due to their schedules. Um, They're not able to talk during the show from 12 to 1 because of their their work being teachers, teaching class. So we'll – We'll talk with them after the show on either Tuesday or Wednesday, and then we'll play it back on the show. So we talked to all the coaches yesterday, but we're just going to play a couple of them today. Uh, we'll start with uh, head coach Matt Faircloth down at Hedgesville. They got the win 14-12 to over Warren County last week on Friday at Spring Mills. Um, and, Nick, that was their first win since the playoffs in 2018, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, they they had lost, I guess, 18 straight after that or 19 straight because they lost in the next round in the playoffs. So it had been a long losing streak. It was great to see him get a win uh, and score some points too. Only scored 10 points all of last season. So I think that was really the, the big takeaways. And uh, here's head coach Matt Faircloth talking about playing a home game at Spring Mills last Friday. Uh, without a doubt. It would have been nice to be at home, but – you know, at the end of the day, that hurricane coming through and dropping all the rain it did, it sort of hurts that natural surface. So uh, this Friday night, uh, get a home opener under our lights with our fans in the stands. So he's talking about they're going to be at home against East Fairmont. Uh, we'll get into that here in a minute. But here's Coach Faircloth on finally being able to get a win under under his belt. And there's not a lot of players on this team. I think he said 90% of the team has not seen a varsity win. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is, is we're, you know, we're happy for the kids. To, you know, they finally got the monkey off the back. And, you know, over 90% of our program have never won a, a high school football game. So for them to get that uh, reward for all the hard work they put in uh, was uh, gratifying to see. Obviously, that's that's it's a big win to finally you know just put some momentum on your side. Just being able to get into the win column, it's been two full seasons, yeah, two full seasons without a, without a win at all, and being able to play close defensively, um, that was something that Matt Faircloth, head coach at Hedgesville, is really focused on, and he's thought the team stepped up so far. Uh, they're they're staying alignment assignment football, and you know they're flying around and and knowing what they need to do, and everybody's pursuing the football. Defense has played well. Uh, like you said, 16 points a game compared to where we were at this point last year is a, a big step in the right direction. But a lot of our seniors and, and juniors are stepping up, making plays on that side of the ball, which is helping us. Obviously, when your upperclassmen can, can make plays, it's going to be a good thing for your team. Yeah, and, and they have some key upperclassmen that we saw in that Washington game, and you know those guys you know have some talent i think this team is starting to make moves in the right direction i don't know how many games they'll win this year but you know to get that first win defense has been really solid if you have a good defense that can keep you in games and allow you to win a few games that maybe you're not expected to win and uh we talked to him about you know it's your first it's the first win it's his first win as a head coach at hedgesville but you know one win's not all of it you need to keep mounting these, you know, little, either little victories into actual victories on the field and just not being satisfied with just having this one win. Yeah, for us, you know, we talked about it Friday night after the game. We don't we don't want to be satisfied with just just because we won a game. Now, now we got the kids got a taste of it. Now they got to work harder to uh, to keep that going. Uh, but the biggest thing is, is just making sure that they're locked in and ready to go every week and, and, and staying humble and knowing that at any point in time we can win or lose a game. We just got to do what we do. And I think that's you know that's something at any point in time they could win or lose a game, but they just got to keep doing what they're doing. And they're getting better each week. Yeah. That's hard not to say. It's they only been two make, weeks, but they're definitely getting better. They didn't make the same little mistakes that they made against Washington, which if they – you know, obviously they didn't score, so it didn't make a huge difference in the outcome. But obviously, if you don't make those mistakes, maybe you have an opportunity to score and, you know, don't lose as bad if you do end up still losing. Because a lot of those short fields resulted in Washington points. Yeah, they definitely did. And, well, here's, a, here's Coach Faircloth on the team being able to put points on the board and just score more than they did all last year. Yeah, I think for, you know, for us, you know, we wanted to get that identity to pound the football and run the football, and I think our offensive line has developed a mentality that, you know, we can start to finish drives, and, and we're starting. We're close to breaking them. Uh, you know, penalties kill us here and there. we got to get out of that. But I think as the season goes on, I think we're going to get better within what we're trying to do, and I think we're starting to score uh, some more points. And I think that's the big thing is he wants his identity on offense to be ground and pound, really. And I think that if he can, you know, make that their identity, be able to do it week in and week out, whether they put a win up on the board or not, I think it's all about the getting better each each game that you play and being able to perfect what you want to perfect because down the line those will just turn into wins. Yeah, and I think having that physicality, 
you know, Hedgesville is kind of built to be more of a run first team based on the kids that they have. They have big, strong kids. So, you know, use that to your advantage and run the football and be a more physical team is definitely uh, kind of the sense that you get from Coach Faircloth and really, uh, I guess, how he presents his team. And they'll be at home, as I mentioned this week, to East Fairmont. East Fairmont comes in one and one with a seven point loss to North Marion, 28 21, and then a two point victory over Grafton, 37 35. So one and one as well as Hedgesville. And here's what Coach Matt Faircloth is looking forward to against East Fairmont. I mean, the biggest thing is come out and do what you know we've been doing the last two weeks. Uh, week one, we killed ourselves. Just, you know, we couldn't ha- hang on to the ball. Last week, we did what we needed to do, long drives, sustain long drives, finish drives, get in the end zone. Uh, uh, so for us, we just got to keep doing what we've been doing and, and make big plays. And I think, you know, what his emphasis was in the entire interview that we had with him was there's continuing – they're just continuing to grow – on each side of the ball, whether you you know being able to score 14 points last week was wasn't it the most that they have scored in the last couple of seasons? I mean, they only scored 10 points all yeah. of last season in every or in the entire season, like not just in one game. That was their entire scoring all year. So, yeah. I mean, to put up 14 is like a big deal for them based on what they did last year. And I think that things like that are the little things that are that they mark in the win column. As little wins, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, the little wins will turn into big wins, and I think his coach Faircloth is really looking forward to what his team can do against this East Fairmont team that I just said comes in one and one, and they're playing with their opponents pretty well. And head coach Faircloth wants his team to play with East Fairmont pretty well. Here's what he's looking at when it comes to scouting East Fairmont. Uh, they like to spread it out. Uh, they're balanced in the past and the run. Uh, they got a few guys that can, you know, go up and get the football. The quarterback scrambles around well, keeps the plays uh, extended. Uh, the biggest thing for us is on defense, we can't let them get behind us. We got to rally and tackle, and offensively, we just got to we got to own them up front and finish drives. And I think that's kind of been his philosophy all season. Is offensively, it's it's all about the guys in the trenches. Yeah, I mean that plays to their advantage, and I think. You know, as the season goes on, we'll kind of see the progression of this team like we'll see from every team in the pack. And I think, you know, Hedgesville has been somebody to kind of – that's been one of the more intriguing stories because of, you know, how disappointing their season was last year. And then for them to already get a win, I think, this year shows that Coach Faircloth was, you know, not lying to us when he said that they've made some improvements. Now, obviously, week one didn't go the way they wanted. Yeah. But I think week two – and. We'll see what happens this week against East Fairmont. I think it's a winnable game. You know, it should be a competitive ball game, and they're they're at home as well, right? So yes, yeah, their home opener. Yeah, so they should have a big crowd, and uh, you know, it'll be fun. And I think that's kind of the big thing is that um, the big thing for them is that you just got to improve every week. The guy I've just hit on is you're a team that's you know coming off a couple bad seasons, so you're not expected to make the huge jump. You're expected to make a jump, but not a jump from, you know, not winning a game to undefeated to, you know, even two losses. I don't think you make right. that jump in one season. I think you gradually make that jump as you build the program. Yeah, four, because five, you, six yeah. wins would be huge for this program this year. And I think that's kind of what head coach Matt Faircloth's philosophy is, is it's not, you know, making one huge jump. It's making small little steps that will eventually turn into big wins that's the hope that is the hope and now we'll head over to spring mills high school with head coach josh james we caught up with him yesterday and obviously they didn't play last week yeah that was a washington high school covid issue but that's nothing you can control as a head coach when you're the opposing team head coach but he definitely said it was disappointing for them not to have their home opener because they didn't have fans all last season. Here's head coach Josh Sims on that. Oh well, I mean, you know, I, I think to say that we're disappointed about last week's an understatement. Um, you know, uh, we obviously want to get back uh, on the field right away. You know, after Musselman, um, and, and also too, you know, even to take that a step farther, you know, we don't have another home game. You know, for a month. Um, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, 
we weren't able to play a home game in, in, in front of a packed house all last year. Um, so, you know, getting that taken away from the kids, you know, just just the excitement of getting going and all the work they put in this summer. Um, yeah, there's no And I think that's, that's a big thing right there is that when you haven't had fans in the stands all last year and you're about to go on a big road swing, it hurts to not have that home game. Yeah, and I think, too, while they got the win – it wasn't a legitimate like win in terms of you went out there and you played and won. So, you know, off, after a disappointing performance against Musselman, to not get a chance to play Washington, who I think is a pretty solid team, I think you didn't really get to see how good your team is because I feel like they would have been much more competitive against Washington than they were against Musselman. And it would have been a pretty good football game. But now it kind of sets you back in terms of your development for a pretty young Spring Mills team where Coach Sims is trying to you know, see how they improve each week. Anytime you lose a game, that's not going to help for the future of your program or for your program this year. Yeah, and I think when you look at that, you got to look back at that Musselman game, and they, they definitely took a lot of things from that Musselman game, game. and here's Coach Sims on what, he, what they're looking back at from that Musselman game to improve on going throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, obviously we were disappointed with what happened with Musselman. Um you know, uh, it's one of those things, you know, where I've been talking about all early season. You know, we, we have some question marks, and, you know, we have some big holes to fill in regards to production and things like that. And I, I think probably the most important thing we saw, um, you know, last Friday night uh, is, you know, kind of who we can depend on um, defensively to, to, to go in there and stick their nose in there and who we can depend on offensively. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, this year with, with, with a lot of the holes and the production we're having to fill, um, you know, each week we're going to have to do a very good job, you know, as a staff um, to evaluate and, and see, uh, you know, the best uh, route moving forward. And I think when you kind of look back at a game and you have an extra week, you dissect it more than you initially do when you have a, you know, you have a quick turnaround of going, turning the page, taking what you saw and being, oh, these are the points we need to improve on. But not having that game, they probably had a little more time to dissect what, they what the miscues were against Musselman more than just oh this is the point of emphasis that we need to improve on these are the the key things that we need to do to improve now it's kind of diving into them they probably had some time to do that yeah I mean I can remember when I played high school football usually what happened was Friday obviously we have the game and then Saturday morning we'd come in and do our film breakdown then we kind of you know take those things and work on them throughout the week but we'd also kind of forget about that game and move on to our next opponent. So that was kind of Saturday's practice was just more of a film thing. So I don't I don't know because this week was probably weird for them because they had already moved on to their opponent and then had to probably went back and looked at some things again because there was nothing really to review this week. Yeah, they probably with that one day they probably kind of looked back at stuff and then they were immediately starting to look at Hampshire. Um, here's what coach sims said with the extra time that they got to prepare for hampshire yeah i mean i mean you know always if you get a little extra time uh it, it helps in preparation um you know so so you know at the end of the day you know we didn't find out there till about mid to late week um you know so obviously it, it wasn't completely like a bye week because we spent the time preparing for washington um but you know at the end of the day i, I guess the you know, the really the only positive thing, you know, we, we kind of take from it is, is that, you know, we got a little extra practice time and, you know, uh, we should be ready to go uh, Friday night. And Friday night they will take on Hampshire. That will be, I believe that's at Spring Mills. Or no, that's, that's away. That is away because it's one of their four next four games that is away. Hampshire comes into this matchup 1-1 one one with a big 21-0 win over Preston and Kingwood. That was on the opening week, the 27th. And then last week they lost to Frankfurt out of Ridgely 21-8. So it's a it's pretty interesting looking at that it must have been the competition level from each school that you're seeing but here's what coach sim saw scouting hampshire yeah they've definitely improved from last year you know they got a quarterback back there that can uh, throw it around a little bit they got a good uh, a good uh, number one receiver number 20 um who does a good job of catching the football and getting off field um so you know it, it's one of those things where you know we're seeing a lot of the same team um that we saw last year here um, the only difference is you've definitely seen some uh, improvement 
um, and some and uh, some development in those kids. So obviously he sees some improvement in in that Hampshire team, but here's what his offensive keys are for his team, and I think that if he can if they can execute these, they should probably be able to get a win over this Hampshire team. The the key this week we got to establish a run game, you know. Uh, you know, when you talk about establishing the run game, you're not talking about getting 10 yards a carry. You know, we, we got to feel confident we can get three or four yards a pop, um, and and, and uh, you know, be be very consistent um, and and win the battle in the trenches. And from there, um, you know, when we're talking about the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, we should be able to create you know uh, easy situations um, and single coverage for our for our quarterbacks who who are still um, uh, you know learn the system and learn how to play back there. So, you know, it's definitely a point of emphasis to put them in uh, a, a good situation. So, you know, the the number one thing always uh, offensively as we look at uh, uh, right now, and especially with the younger quarterback, is to establish a run game. So I think, you know, if, if you can establish the running game with your, run, your young running back, I think that they could do pretty well offensively this game. Yeah, I mean, they put up some points week one. What was it, 23 it ended up being? Yeah. So – they definitely have the ability to score. I think you know, pretty young team. Um, and anytime you have a young team, you want to establish the run to take pressure off the quarterback and then set up the pass. And I think that could be what Coach Sims and his offense look to do uh, this week. Which you know, obviously, they had some extra time to get ready. Yeah, and uh, here's the final quote that we got yesterday from head coach Sims. And it was about what his defense needed to do to be able to play a great game against Hampshire. Yeah, we're going to, have to tighten up our coverage. You know, like I said, you know, they're going to be in a lot of uh, two by two uh, trips formations, and, and the quarterback can sling it around. Um, so we got to be very disciplined um, in our secondary. And whenever we, you know, take our risk um, on the defensive side of the ball to blitz the quarterback, we got to make sure you know we're getting pressure on him. And I think that's a key thing is if they're going to be able to. You know, play some more tighter, play in tighter coverage, and then be able to get more blitzing. I think that could be key for them to get get a win this week. Yeah, I mean, Musselman kind of tore him up on the defensive side of the ball, putting up forty two points or whatever it ended up being. And I think it was forty two seven at one point. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll have to definitely have a better defensive effort this week against what sounds like a pretty good offensive team in Hampshire. Yeah, and the, so we'll, before we close the book on high school this week, we'll have three more tomorrow. We'll talk with head coach Brian Thomas of Musselman and head coach Craig Hunter of Jefferson. As that's the matchup this week in the EPAC. Uh, it'll be a pretty intriguing matchup because Musselman, not a bad team. They, no. they just ran into a very, very good Musselman. Or probably Martinsburg team probably the best team, right? Martinsburg, or at least we've on paper think they're yeah. going to win the state championship again because that's usually what they do but you know you never know obviously what will happen in high school football so yeah that's the game this week that muscle game yeah that's definitely the game and head coach brian thomas had some great things to say about craig hunter and that team in jefferson and i think that's just goes to show that the epac is a great football conference yeah, and that the respect each coach has for one another is is just something that is natural in this conference. That you're going to have your good teams, you're going to have your bad teams, but this should be the matchup of the week in the EPAC because you got your two, your two really your second place teams. If you think, well, what do you think? Well, we'll on paper, we'll never, your second we never place know. teams. You don't know. Jefferson might be better than Martinsburg this year, for all we know. We, yeah, we'll have to wait until they that play. We know, we'll never know. Yeah, and then the final coach we talked to is head coach Glenn Simpson at Washington. Obviously, they had the COVID issue, but they are good to go, and they will play Frankfurt this week. That is good to hear because you never wanted to extend more than one week. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk to them tomorrow. Especially because at the end of the day, this is high school football. Yeah. So these kids, you know, they may never play football again for some of them. So if they don't get you know at least nine, ten game season. It really stinks. So. We'll talk with them tomorrow, um, but that is our high school segment today. And then uh, when we come back, we'll talk Washington football team. Um, new co-CEO Tanya Snyder, uh, wife of Dan Snyder, spoke on Adam Schefter's podcast that was released yesterday and talked about the team names. We'll talk about that and more about the Washington football team next on The Sports Mix.
Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Before the invitations and the dress, the flowers, cake, candles, or vows, there is an answer to a question proposed with a ring. Bechtel Jewelers knows that an important part of your wedding happens before the I do's. We're a diamond store with an engagement and bridal jewelry selection that's both exciting and accessible. On the big day, there's everything else and there's the ring. Make sure you get this one right at Bechtel Jewelers in Inwood. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. The right attorney can make all the difference in the outcome of your case. I called Sutton and Janelle, the best lawyers you could ask for. Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. 70 years of collective legal experience, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, and mediation. Sutton and Janelle got the most favorable outcome I could have expected. Visit Sutton and Janelle's new historic location, 224 West King Street in Martinsburg. Online at suttonandjanelle.com. Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. They value your rights and are passionate about your success. It's NCAA Division II football on TV10 as the Shepherd University Rams travel to Erie, Pennsylvania to take on the Gannon Golden Knights. Third down here, third and four. Straight drop back for Bajan. He now rolls out to the right, looking deep down the sideline. A wide open Ryan Beach, and he'll walk in for six. Touchdown, Rams. Join us Saturday, September 11th for the matchup between the Rams and the Golden Knights. The pregame show begins at 11.30 a.m. with kickoff scheduled for noon right here on TV10, the WRNR YouTube channel. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Well, there's old boys got the counter, I get 55 to the gallon. Hey, listen to that new school, never heard of Georgia Allen. Welcome back to the Sports Mix, the Wednesday edition, September 8th. We'll talk some Washington football team. A lot of stuff happening before week one. That is Sunday. They'll play at 1 p.m. against the Chargers. You can hear that game right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 and AM 740 uh, as we're the Washington football affiliate. Some interesting stuff happened in the last little while a couple days from the washington football team um we knew a couple weeks ago they kind of teased the name with the video that they put out and then jason wright martin mayhew and ron rivera in the room saying i like that i like and then they bleeped out whatever the team name was that they said they liked uh but now we're hearing from the new co-ceo that's Tanya Snyder, Tanya Snyder, Dan Snyder's wife. Um, she was on the Adam Schefter podcast. This is her yesterday. Her first public appearance as the co-CEO of the Washington football team. And she talked about what the last year, kind of the internals of looking back at the last year and how things have changed. The culture has changed in the organization on the Adam Schefter podcast. Here's that. What has this whole year been like for you, Tanya? Well, it is, um, it, I, words for me to describe this year is, uh, is very difficult. It's been one of the most difficult years in mine, uh, Dan, and I know my family's, uh, in our lives. Um, but I think, um, you know, 
being on the other side of where we are and learning uh, just a tremendous amount. Um, and I, uh, my style and my wish is to, uh, to turn all of these into, uh, you know, into blessings to, to make the most of, you know, where we are today, where we're hundred percent owners um, and we're in a much uh, stronger position to be able to make each and every, you know, change that we need to make. So for that, I'm very excited about, um, and it's, uh, you know, it's hard. I get a lump in my throat, um, and it's, uh, it's a cross between a, I don't know, a crime show and a nightmare movie, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that today, you know, I know we are doing everything possible. And I think where we've ended up and where we're heading, I couldn't be more excited. So for that, um, I think it's a blessing. That crime show line kind of stands out to me. It's it was bad. It was really bad last year, and it's been bad for the last who knows how long twenty years probably. And I think it's interesting that she's taken over as co CEO, but everybody kind of speculated that it was only because of what happened. But she kind of explained that once they took a hundred percent ownership, once they knew that that was a hundred that they were going to get a hundred percent ownership, that it was kind of going to be a family run business and that she knew that now that her kids are grown, they're empty nesters that she can do that. And here's her thoughts on taking over as co-CEO. We've been talking about that. Yes. For a while. And, and we are empty nesters now as of a couple of months ago. So, um, so yeah, I, I've, um, I haven't missed a game in 22 years last year because of COVID, they did not want us to travel, you know, for two games so that those would be a miss, but, um, I have been around, I have, um, I've been involved, not to the degree I am now. Um, and so I just, um, you know, I'm involved day to day and I'm involved in, in all the different areas, uh, you know, meeting everybody and we have a lot of amazing people. So very excited about it. I think uh, that is key to know. I mean, I feel like that's kind of something that happens if you're going to take 100% ownership of the team. And I feel like they've wanted to take 100% ownership of the team because they're the ones there day in and day out. These minority owners are never there day in and day out, you know, Nick? So if you can take 100% ownership of the team and you you can make it a family business, I think that's kind of what, what it is around the league now. I feel like ownership is more of a family business around the entire NFL. Yeah, that does seem to be kind of the, uh, I guess, the majority of the teams. I think, you know, Patriots with the Crafts, uh, the Joneses in Dallas, just to name a few. Obviously, uh, the Steelers have had the same ownership in the Roonies for years. So, yeah, that does seem to be kind of how it's gone down. I honestly didn't know that uh, they weren't the full owners. I, I always just presumed that they had the ownership since that's usually – who people like yeah. to blame, <laughs> but yeah, obviously I mean, he, yeah, I think they were majority majority but, owner. Yeah, and then his family owned a set minority. His sister and his mother owned a set minority, and I believe they. I don't know if they bought the sister out, but I know his mother passed away recently. So I think they got that portion of the minority. So they were even more gotcha. of a majority. And then the whole kind of fallout from the last year with the minority owners is kind of what led to that. But she also talked. She didn't specifically say anything, but Adam Schefter brought up the eight names, Armada, Brigade, Commanders, Defenders, Presidents, Red Wolves, Red Hawks, and Washington football team staying the same as that. And she says they are down to three names, but she's not going to announce anything further than the the list of eight names, which were in alphabetical order, by the way. Yeah. so nobody can kind of go through that list and kind of think what they want to think from it. But she said that there's... What's what's the big deal? Just announce it. I think they want to wait until the offseason so they can rebrand not in the middle of a season. I don't know. Give the give the fans a vote or something. I don't know. I just feel like they're, they're hyping it up so much when it's just the name of the team. Well, like, according really to cares? Kevin Sheehan, who's a sports... Uh, he runs a show on... Er, er, Nine, the team 980 in DC 
They have decided on the name. The three finalists include a plan B and plan C in the event the vetting of their choice somehow falls apart, but they have it. I don't know what it is, but I do know it's not Washington football team. So then that takes it down to seven if you're going to go according to this guy. Uh, Kevin Sheehan talk morning show host on on talk, uh, team 980 in DC. So that's you know that's interesting, um, and you know another big thing coming up in the next few years is a new stadium. And the last thing we'll get from this segment is her talking about the new stadium and what they've gone and where they've kind of looked at stadiums for this. It's just so exciting. We um, well Dan is is spearheading that um and and he we've been all over we've been to the west coast we've looked at all types of venues we've um we will be heading to qatar soon um we were no stone unturned we've looked at the newest stadiums you know uh in vegas we went to, uh, to la and um we've looked at all types of arenas and uh we're learning from each and every one of them we have uh we have all types of architects and we have an amazing group again that are thinking out of the box. And, uh, so I think the plan, we've got plenty of time, you know, we've got six years, uh, but we're way ahead of the game right now. And I'll tell you right now we have an opportunity to have quite a few locations. So, um, and that's a blessing. And, and so we are, you know, we're working our way through that process right now and working with each and every, you know, all the different, uh, precincts and areas states. So I think that's an interesting thing is everybody kind of thought it was down to, to one area, but now they've got multiple places, according to Tanya Snyder. Um, I think that could be interesting going forward to figure out what these places are. I mean, obviously, RFK site's got to be one of them. Um, potentially maybe rebuilding at FedEx could could be another one at the site because that is a big site. Uh, then one near, um, I think is National Harbor right across the Potomac and near the Anacostia, which is near Nats Park and Audi Field. That could be one of them. And then Northern Virginia could have a site, maybe another site in Maryland. I don't know. But there's not much in D.C. besides the RFK site. Yeah, and I think I think that's where they should go. They should, keep, they should play in D.C. All right, well, we've reached the end of our third segment. The segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. It's Parsons Ford of Martinsburg.com. We'll be back to wrap up this edition of the Sports Mix next. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. If you're in an accident, the first thing that you have to do is call 911. You have to get medical care immediately. The next thing you need to do is call us. When you hire us at the Skinner Law Firm, what we do is we are going to investigate your case and we're going to lay out the options that you have, all at no cost to you. We will use all of our resources and all of our experience to get you what you deserve. That's what we mean by treating you like family. Berkeley Medical Center is the first hospital in West Virginia to acquire Surgical Theater's 360-degree XR visualization platform for neurological surgery. Surgical Theater provides a new way to take an immersive look inside the brain and spine that can be used for patient engagement, preoperative planning, and intraoperative visualization. Dr. Jonathan Sherman with the WVU Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute is the first neurosurgeon in West Virginia to offer this revolutionary platform. WVU Medicine, the future of surgery is here. The 2021 season has arrived. Hi, everyone. I'm Julie Donaldson, Senior Vice President of Media and Content, inviting you to join myself, Bram Weinstein, and D'Angelo Hall for all the live action throughout the year. I'll be joined by Washington football great Santana Moss for our pregame show, while Scott Jackson and Fred Smoot anchor our postgame show. Right here on your Eastern Panhandle home for the Washington football team, 106.5 FM, AM 740, Talk Radio WRNR, your local talk, news, and sports leader. 
You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to the final segment of the Sports Mix here. A segment sponsored in part by the Marist Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. So we got about uh, two minutes left. Uh, just kind of whip it around the league in the NFL as the season is now two day one away. day, really one day away. We're just like 28 hours away from or 30 some odd hours away from the first NFL you your game. fantasy draft tonight i got my fantasy draft tonight we'll talk about maybe we'll talk about tomorrow if we have some time yeah, about we'll talk about your squad how you yeah. looking yeah, yeah yeah uh but real quickly since this is washington football team news today they have named captains ryan fitzpatrick chase young jonathan allen terry mclaurin ryan sheriff logan thomas john bostick DeShazer everett that is eight captains i didn't know a team usually they usually have like three to four i feel like yeah that's a lot they pretty much gave everybody every position group gets a captain yeah two I mean, d linemen got, though you got two d linemen then you got everett kind of as a special teams guy then you got a quarterback wide receiver right guard tight end and a linebacker on so you got three defensive guys was it three offensive guys and then the special teams. So do you even need a captain guys. in the NFL? Like, I don't even know what that. Is. You just go out to the coin toss. You just like Doc Holliday for Marshall would send three guys or two right. guys out. I mean, college it kind of makes yeah. sense. You need somebody to be like the leader of the locker room, but I don't know. I mean, you get paid, right? So do you need any motivation to do things right in the NFL? <laughs> I don't know. But so some other headlines around the league is we talked kind of about it yesterday. The Ravens were working out a, a few running backs. They have they have added running back Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. I think that's interesting because he knows the AFC East, but they don't need him this week, so they're putting him AFC on the practice North. squad. They're in the North. North, my bad. It's okay. Uh, the Saints have released running back Latavius Murray. That's kind of interesting to me. Tony Jones Jr. will serve as backup, and the Saints also are seeking to fill a cornerback need with the trade for Texans Bradley Roby. So that's something to look out for as we get going here. But we've reached the end of the show today, Nick. For final thoughts for the day. You got about twenty to about ten seconds. I'm mad about Murray because I drafted him as my Camara handcuff and okay, Le'Veon, hopefully you can work out well in Baltimore. All right. Well, for Colin McLaughlin for coming on, for Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Dupuy. We will talk to you tomorrow and uh, we'll have more high school football coaches interviews from around the EPAC. Spencer for the sports mix.